This is Leah here to tell you about my friend Carrie at Magical Adventures by Carrie. I know I've talked about her on the podcast before, but did you know she can help you plan travel to anywhere in the world completely free? She planned my trip to Disneyland, California for my family. She planned a trip for me to Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. She planned my husband's 40th birthday trip to Aruba that I know I told everybody on the podcast about how fucking awesome that trip was. So she planned that out for us too. She planned it all out without me having to lift a finger and she came in under my travel budget. I just said, hey, this is where I want to go. This is how much I want to spend. Hook me up. She let me pick the days I wanted to fly. She picked where, what hotel I wanted to stay at. She gave me all kinds of options and all I had to do was say yes or no. It was fantastic. She gave me better deals than I found on my own. She booked excursions for us. She planned out my days and she did it all. And all I had to do was kick back and enjoy myself. I asked her if she could tell people something about her business, what would it be? And she said that she wants people to know that her services are completely free to book, to plan, to research, all of that to use her is totally free. You never pay her anything to do what she does. And then while she works, books travel all over the world, she also specializes in all-inclusive cruises, honeymoon planning, and Disney. So if you're looking to just go to an all-inclusive place, kick back, have some drinks with your man, you know, just chill on the beach. She can do that for you. Or like me, if you're like, okay, I have two days. I'm in Disneyland. Plan this entire thing because I want to do every single thing. I don't want to miss a moment, but I don't want to plan it. She can do that for you too. So email Carrie at magicaladventuresbycarrie at gmail.com. That's Magical Adventures by C-A-R-R-I-E at gmail.com or Facebook at Magical Adventures by Carrie. So just message her over there. You'll find her. Just look up on Facebook, Magical Adventures by Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E. Let Carrie plan your next getaway, and I'll see you ladies in just a second with Tessa and Mel. Hey, welcome to Read Me Romance. Okay. <laughs> was that really how you started? Okay. Welcome. Like, I don't, what the fuck was that, Tessa? I think what it, I think what okay. it was is that. Welcome. I was looking at my <laughs> list of things I wanted to talk about and I wanted to get mine in first because I know you have a bunch of things to talk about. So I was like, that was my game face. I was like, okay. Ready? Okay. Ready? Go. Okay. I want to talk about really quickly. This show I've been watching. First of all, this is Alexa Riley week on the Read Me Romance podcast, and we're going to play you the second half of and finished. only yeah, and yeah. only half of Alexa Riley's here. Mel has the flu, and she's iced in her house. We still don't have proof of life, so keep keep her, Mel in your thoughts and prayers. Okay. So then they're going to be really worried because they don't realize we record these episodes back to back. So oh yeah, on the same day. They, they, we haven't heard her. They're going to be like five, five fucking days. days. You still don't know where someone call the police again. Lola, if she's actually dead, please edit this out. (laughs) (laughs) Please edit all of this. Just keep the good stuff. She would want us to continue if she was dead, though. Just to be clear, she would be like, "Don't fucking stop because of me." You kidding? She'd be like, "I don't care. (laughs) I don't care." That's exactly what she would say. I don't care. I don't care. Because she genuinely does not care. Doesn't. (laughs) 
Okay, so I've been watching this show on Hulu called Shrill. Uh, Shrill? It's called Shrill, and it's starring, and I think created by AD Bryant from Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay. Happens to be one of my, she's, I think she's my favorite cast member. Really? Currently, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I really like AD Bryant. It's about, so she's uh, overweight, and this, it's only seven episodes, I believe, this, this first season. The second season's coming out soon, but the first season is all available now. And it's kind of like her journey to self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. Like, the situation she gets in, the way her mother treats her, the way society treats her, the way her boss treats her, it all, it's all like everything relates back to her weight. And <laughs> I think it's like very true to life. Like, it's very Really? Accurate. Yeah, I think it's very accurate to what it's like going through life being overweight, like everybody assuming you're lazy, you know, mm-hmm. or yeah. people think, assuming that you, you're, um you want help or that you need to yeah, like, yeah. you're looking you're for waiting on the right advice. You. Yeah. Yeah. But she goes, so there's this scene though, where she's like, she's just kind of had this run in with this personal trainer. Who's like trying to get her to sign up for classes and she's kind of down. And then Hunter McGrady walks past oh, her. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't follow Hunter McGrady on Instagram, she's just a revelation. She's uh, amazing. She's a plus size model and she's, the most gorgeous woman. I, I, I often say like her. that if, yeah, FYI. <laughs> I often say that if somebody was going to play Leah in a movie, it would be Hunter McGrady. Of course. Um, yeah. Not just because you guys share like the blonde looks, but she just has your confidence level. I think she's gorgeous. Yeah. I'd be okay. So with she that. walks past her in just like this red jumpsuit and she just looks, she's so confident. She walks into traffic, assuming everybody's going to stop for her. <laughs> And she's just, like, so happy as well. She's very happy. And Mm -hmm. A.D. Bryant is just staring at her, like, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. That this woman can be so satisfied with herself and I can Mm -hmm. be so, you know, like, in my my feelings and in my Mm -hmm. head about my weight constantly. But it's just Mm -hmm. really good. It, like, articulated how I've felt many times in the past about just – just even being in relationships with a man kind of being like, well, if I'm nice enough and I'm easygoing enough, it won't matter to him that I'm overweight or just things that you think that are so damaging and that you don't even really acknowledge that you thought to be accommodating. Yes. I'll be accommodating and then he'll overlook my, my major flaw. Mm-hmm. It's just a really what you consider to be your major flaw. What you consider yeah. to be your major flaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like he, uh, so, like anyways, that. it's really good. She goes to a fat girl pool party where yes. everybody is overweight. And I, if that is happening in New York City, I'm, I have to go. It looks, <laughs> it's just a great scene. But anyway, like she, they film underwater of like everybody from the waist down. And it's just uh-huh. like, Everybody does look like that in the mirror, you know? Yeah. It's not just you, and it's beautiful. It's like you yeah. have this, like, I don't know, we're conditioned to feel shame over not looking like a model, but it, it mm-hmm. which is crazy. Anyways, Shrill on Hulu, I feel like it's going to make you feel like you're being related to really well. And mm-hmm. um, there's this guy in this, the like, her love interest in the show Who's mm-hmm. like this bearded, inept mountain man, mountain man type, mm-hmm. and he keeps fucking up, and you want to be angry at him, but he's so inept that you can't be mad at him. <laughs> and oh my god, there's a scene where 
without giving anything away, he's fucked up. She's like, I'm done. I've moved on and I've did this thing. And he's, and he's so, he, it's like his world is over. And I live for that moment. That's actually why I write romances because I yeah. live for the moment where the man realizes he has done fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And he's lost the girl. I love mm-hmm. that moment. So anyways, Shrill on Hulu. I think it's a really good show. Um, it's it's great. So I love it. it. Yeah. Well, this will transition into our lingerie talk last night. So <laughs> let's talk about this. So Tessa messaged me and said, where can I get uh, lingerie for with big cup sizes? And I'm like, you know, I really just like the trashy stuff. The cheap $20 trashy shit that's like she was sending you like full body stockings with like mesh lace lime green crotchless mesh nipples i I was like just wear something with the tits cut out like it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't have to fit that's what that's what blew my mind is you want lingerie to fit like nothing i've ever worn has ever fit and you just put it on and let them take it off like it's like a present you know the gift wrap really isn't all that important like you know but your thing is we're going away for the weekend we're going away together alone for valentine's day weekend and so what what are you doing without your kid where is your kid in this that was my question yeah no she's staying with my mom okay um we're going to boston we're gonna go to this a casino like encore casino so you know the wind casino in vegas yeah yeah so they have a Encore Casino, Wynn Casino in Boston Harbor now. You know, and I know this because I have a brother that works security uh, for Mr. Wynn in Las Vegas, and he was saying that he might have to go to Boston for that, for the opening yeah. of it. So, yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, there's like special rates because uh, it was like the grand opening. So I was like, let's yeah. go, let's do it. Anyway, so I, I'm just like, I'm just so excited. We haven't gone away together since Mackenzie was diagnosed. Like we haven't had a mm-hmm. diagnosed with diabetes, uh, type yeah. one diabetes, not anything. I mean, life threatening. Yeah. But she, since you've had to like monitor her blood sugars and all this stuff and it's a full time job. Yeah. And yeah. also making other people in your life rise to the occasion and learn so that you can have some freedom mm-hmm. and also yeah. relinqu- relinquishing control is really hard for me. So it's, the you first don't time- say, I'm trying but we're going away for the first time together and I'm like I'm gonna go to the spa and he's gonna go play poker and I was like I'm gonna wax everything and like put on lingerie and it's gonna be great okay don't get it waxed the day of I know right three days okay two two or three days no well in advance I'd say like a week like especially because sometimes you bruise like depending on you know what's going on down there and depending on when you have your period like you don't want to do it you know near that time either because your skin's more sensitive right after your period and so like I I just think maybe it'll go a week before just it won't grow back by then and it'll still be nice and soft so I think you should consider a few more days than two or three okay just to be sure okay yeah, so anyways, Leo was sending me like, I, I don't, <laughs> she was sending me like, yeah, like things that are just basically like 15 strings just going across your body. And they're just, they're just and cheap like, things I, that are slutty. I and I was like, don't you want to be a whore? Like, come on, slut it up. And then I realized like, I think, and I was sending her back things that were like, I guess you would 
I mean, did compared to what she was sending, they were very conservative. But they I, were very like, matronly. Well, they're see-through, but there's like a bra built in. So it was like a black like slip. This looks like something you could wear under a church dress. The things you were sending me, I was like, oh, that's nice. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go to the mall and try some things on because I. Yeah. Oh my God. No, I am. I'm gonna go to like a nice department store and like go try some things on because I can't like. Uh, I don't know. I can't order. Th- I have to be, I have to be comfortable. And so like for me, for me to be comfortable, it has to like hold my tits up and fit. I don't know. Okay. So this is what I said. That I, I think lingerie is a state of mind because it's not like I put it on and it's more of like, I'm going to suit up and this is going to be fun. It's like superhero cape time, you know, like you're going to put on your cape and you're going to go out and fight crime. That's how I feel like when I put on lingerie, I'm about to put this on and lay some dick down, you know, like, <laughs> like this is going, we're going to town right now. And so like, I don't know, but it's also like, it's, it's such, and you and I are very similar in this. Like our intimacy is a mental game. It's mental warfare. Anytime <laughs> there's intimacy involved. Amen. So that's why I think you, I think you would benefit from wearing your lingerie under your clothes because if you had to take a, a moment and stop what you're doing and change into it and come out, you're going to lose all steam. You're going to lose all confidence because all you're going to be doing is thinking about what your thighs look like in what you're wearing, you know? Yeah. Like you're going to be – like I think you'll turn self-conscious if you have to stop – and change and and I think sometimes making a production of it is too much pressure. That's why I think you need to fuck before you go out <laughs> and before you do anything else. That way, if it happens again later, then it's because you really want to do it and you're in a great headspace. Okay. But I think you should. I think you should wear what you got on the what whatever sexy thing you want to wear under your clothes because you don't want to have to take the time to change into it. I think that's gonna slow your steam. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, that's that's my advice anyways. That's my my friend to friend advice. Some of the some of the best times some of the best success I've had with lingerie has been when I've already got it on. You gotta so. just look for like a really hot like bra and panty set, you know? Like get like a bustier. That's a good idea. Like something like get a gar get a garter belt too. Those Ooh, are I like so that fun. Idea. Yeah, I've never worn a yeah. garter belt. Oh, yeah. Those are super fun. I like those, too. Because, like, that's something you can tease before, where it's like if he puts his hand on your thigh and it's like, like, he's going to feel it and know what it is, but want to see it, you know? Like, that's that's such a great tease. What if we pretend we're strangers? Oh, I would love that. I'm like, I'm really going to make the most of this. <laughs> I know you really are. Like, you're going out. You're putting so much pressure on this weekend. I can't wait to see how it fails. <laughs> to get into a giant fight and just like stare I know I can't wait it's but it's gonna happen that's the thing though you gotta not put pressure on it but I think you should definitely pretend to be underage (laughs) (laughs) you should pretend to be a mob boss (laughs) and you should definitely try to have sex in public I think those three things should happen yeah just uh, sorry Mackenzie your uh, parents got arrested this weekend so you stay with your grandmother for a while no, you won't get arrested. You just get a ticket, and it will be worth it. <laughs> Do it of, where you think you're going to get caught. Speaking of Mackenzie, I took her to the Slumu slime. Factory. Oh my god, I love those pictures on Instagram. What yeah. was this? It's a slime museum. 
No, it's like a slime factory. Like you go in, um, it's in New York City, it's in Soho, uh, on Broadway. I think it's 495 Broadway. I don't know why I remember that, but it's uh, it's called Slumu, and I don't know if your kids are obsessed with slime like my daughter is. But you go. I was thinking in... it was slow mo. I was thinking that's how you like. Is it Slumu? That's Slumu. Yeah. Okay. So there's basically there's just these giant like pedestals full of slime. There's at least forty of them, and each one is a different texture, different smell, different color. And they could just go through and like stick their hands in it and play with the slime. And then they have oh God, kids love that shit. Oh, they love it. And they have a make your own slime bar where you basically you pick the texture of the slime, and then you go pick the flavor, and you go pick like the little charms you want to put in it and the color and and um and then you mix it together on like a fast motion camera. Um, and then they have an ASMR room where you can put headphones on and listen to people like squeezing <laughs> oh my <God>. slime. <laughs> it's so cool. And then they have a giant That's like, awesome. lake of slime that you can kids can walk through barefoot. And oh, she loved it. And what oh, I can say God. is that it was it's been it sells out like two or three weeks in advance. Like you have to get tickets uh-huh. early and you have to get there early because when we left, it had descended into chaos. Like. We got there at 10. Oh, and I bet. 11.30, there was like 15 dads that were like complaining because they couldn't get in. <laughs> and yeah. Just oh my it. God. But it was so cool. And they have like a slime waterfall where you can basically put on plastic and just get just slime dumped on your heads. Oh so God. Cool. Oh, kids would love this. And I'd be just cringing about germs the whole time. Like, oh God. That's another reason you have to get there early. Because you, because like you can tell like, I think they switch they out the, the clean slime, slime every few hours. <laughs> But, you know, there's once there's been 50 sets of hands in there, you don't even know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, um, yeah. Get so which favorite shirt got slime. ruined? Oh, yeah. I got this, like, it's like a... It was like was a it yours? Like a, oh, no. Your black shirt was super cute. Was that yours? It was mine. Like, yeah, it was, it was oh. black, and then the whole back of it is, like, um, a pattern, like a silk pattern with roses. Like, mm-hmm. so it looks like a normal black shirt from the front, but the, and then now it's just yeah. a slime. It's just a casualty. So. Oh, no. Like, the slime ruined it? Yeah, because it's made of, there's glue in it and stuff. It's never, it's never going to come out completely. It's just never, it's just going to damage oh, the material. no. They tell you. They I say, was hoping it was Mackenzie's shirt when you said that, because I was like, that one she's got on is really cute. I hope it was Mackenzie's shirt that got ruined. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. Fire. Nope. Anyways, okay. what do you want to talk about? Okay, so I just need you to know that I'm obsessed with this show on Netflix called Cheer. This docu-series. Have you seen it? Cheer? No. It's about cheerleaders. Oh, my I've God. heard uh, people talking about I, it. Yeah. I've watched it three times. Really? Like, I'm that obsessed. It's six episodes. It's a mini docu-series about a two-year college. Junior college is two years in uh, Corsicana, Texas. It's like, it's like south of Dallas, Texas. It's this little tiny town called Corsicana, and the school is called Navarro and Navarro College, and they have a football team there, so it's a junior college. But that is the number one junior college in the nation, like in the entire country. They have competed. They've got, I think they said 14 grand national championships, and so So you mean they're the, the number one community college in cheerleading? 
Yeah, in cheerleading. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Then they're, yeah, they're the number one junior college in cheer for their cheer team or whatever. People come from all over the country to get scholarships to cheer at this place because you get to cheer under um, this coach. Her name's Monica. And so, like, Monica is amazing. And, like, they've got, like, incredible routines and she's just a powerhouse. So this docuseries follows the beginning of their season all the way to the end where they get into the grand, they're going to grand nationals. And so it's just, I was never a cheerleader. So it's not something that I have any sort of like skin in the game. Like I don't, you know, I I think I may have cheered like one year when I was in like second grade or something like for the rec department. And then my, I remember my mom took me out cause she said my grades were bad. So for what, <laughs> whatever reason I did it one year and that was it. So anyways, but I've always been fascinated by cheerleading and especially competition cheering. I used to watch it when it was on ESPN and stuff when I was younger. My sister and I both would get so into it just watching it. And neither one of us were cheerleaders. But it was just incredible to see like these athletics, like doing the basket tosses and like all these different stunts and seeing the people get hyped up. Like it's just fucking cool to watch it. And so, like, when this came on, when I saw the preview, I texted my sister. I was like, red alert. Okay, guy, red alert. Listen up. This is on. We're watching it. And so she was like, I'm, I'm saving this for Saturday. And then she, like, binged the whole thing. And so I've gone back and watched it three different times, though. I've watched all the episodes to get to the end and watched it again. Like, it's so good how it's done. And there's so many great character. I say characters. There's so many great people and on this docu-series that you go through these young girls who have come from, like, super shitty backgrounds, like, nothing, like, dirt poor. This is their chance. This is their one opportunity to go to this school, to get associate's degree, to get a – and then – parlay this into a scholarship into a four-year school that's what people want to do basically when they get out of here is they want to be able to take this success from Navarro and translate that into success at a four-year college where they can go there and either get a bachelor's degree or continue to cheer at another school like to get money for that or to compete or whatever like because you can compete in school and you can also compete in all-star stuff which is like club cheering so like you can do you can do just competitive cheer on your own you don't have to like be in a college to do it but you get um like better scholarships and stuff like that chances through universities so you know, that's kind of what they're wanting to do to to make a better life for themselves. So it's just like, I mean, there's so many people on this, but there's one guy in particular, and his name's Jerry. And his story just broke my heart. Like he was in competition cheer and he had like a cheer mom and his regular mom passed away. And, you know, people were just, you know, trying to help him out. And they helped raise money through a GoFundMe so that he could go to school and continue to cheer. And he got into Navarro and he lost like 70 pounds. He like, cause he was really, really big when he was younger and he got into cheer and he worked hard and like lost a ton of weight and like just worked, worked, worked for everything he got. And then he like got to this competition and it's just like, he got, um, 
what they consider on mat, which means you have like 40 cheerleaders, but only 20 can compete in the grand national championship or whatever. So he was one of the 20 that was picked. So it was just like this really awesome story that he got to go on mat. He got to compete. And it's just, I don't know. Like, like I said, I'm not into cheering at all, but this is just such a feel good story about kids that just, wanted to make it and that like if you've ever been around cheerleaders and some of my best friends were like they're just like it really is like a cult almost where it's like they support each other they love each other they're gonna win you know it's just it's really positive and I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of assumptions that go along with cheer cheerleaders and cheering in general, like the cattiness and the pettiness. And, and I'm sure that's there, but it's there whether you're in cheer or not, especially with young girls. Yeah, it's that's, there no matter that, what. that exists everywhere, not just cheerleading. But I, yeah, yeah. one of Chrissy Teigen just did an Instagram post that just made sense to me. And she said she's there's a post she just put up where she's like, like kind of like glaring at her friend who's stretching on the floor and she's like when you uh-huh. don't make it to on mat oh yeah and I was yeah, like what yeah. the fuck is she talking about is that a typo uh, and now it makes sense yeah. to me but uh, I, oh yeah so- she's watching the cheer thing because she had a post it. the other day yeah okay, she I'll had a post it, the other day it. about it yeah uh, yeah oh I since was- Chrissy Teigen's watching it you'll watch it no 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 fuck I, you, I love cheerleading I've been- I- Okay. I love watching cheerleading. <laughs> when I was a kid and I would turn on the TV on a Saturday morning and there was a cheer competition, oh my God. if that thing lasted six hours, I was going to sit there and watch it. I don't Not know moving. what it is. There's something fascinating yes. about it. But I had that misconception about cheerleaders when I was in high school. And look, there's assholes everywhere. There's asshole cheerleaders. There's asshole yep. athletes. There's asshole goths, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I really thought this girl, Bridget Collins, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> she is. I thought she was uh, just because she was blonde and perfect and the head of the cheerleading squad. And then, so I was just like, she's not my kind of person, you know, like she's just not. And then our teacher sent us to his car to get like a lesson plan that he'd left in his trunk together. He sent us together. And I talked Mm -hmm. to her like literally five minutes to the car and five minutes back. And I was like, she's the nicest person I've ever met. And like Mm -hmm. down to earth and genuine. And so ever since that day, I think I was a sophomore. I really changed my, the way I'd like just put people in categories so quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I still do. I'm not perfect, (laughs) but I really like changed the way I looked at cheerleaders probably forever because mm-hmm. she was like oh yeah I know I know you you play in the basketball team like she like knew me and mm-hmm. she was nice and it was I don't know she's it was just a, it yeah was, it was I think it's just easy to make assumptions about people who are you know beautiful and confident because a lot of a lot of about cheerleading is confidence you know being able to get up in front of people and do those stunts and you know like perform in front of an entire stadium of high schoolers like that takes a lot of guts and I think that's intimidating for a lot of people to see that you know to see that confidence and not confuse confidence with cockiness and that's something that one of the guys on the cheer team Ladarius he says that he was like there is a fine line between being confident and being cocky and he said and we tow it and it's like yeah like that's so true and because you know from the outside perspective people can take that the wrong way but yeah. I just I fucking love this show I mean it was so good Netflix <laughs> put this on and I was so bummed when it was over I was like I need six more seasons of this tomorrow wow, <laughs> like come on that. guys 
But I'm like following all of them on Instagram now. All like, all of the athletes from Navarro, like all of them. I follow and, a bunch and of for the anybody group. that's like anybody that's watching it, I'm so excited to see Lexi and Lexi's back in Navarro. <laughs> so it's really good. I uh, I follow like a bunch of the Great British Baking Show contestants on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> I love so that funny. too. Listen, I love that show more than life itself, so. I just want more and more. Okay, and the other show I need to talk about that I'm obsessed with right now is The Witcher. Did you watch it, the Henry Cavill one? No. No. Why? Tell tell me why you're refusing to. I have three shows on my list that I'm trying to get to. I'm getting through Shrill, and then Uh I have Spinning Out and Mm -hmm. The Witcher and Mm -hmm. a movie called Midsummer. Which everybody's telling me is the most mind-fucky, crazy... Oh, I'm 100% not watching that. Never. Oh. I'll never watch that. Wait, do you know what I don't want to. I don't want to get my mind fucked like that. I've heard, like, that movie you won't come back from. And I'm like... Wait, you really have? Not? Yes. Then I've heard it's so fucked up. Like, it's the most fucked up movie ever. And I was like, I just don't need that in my life. Okay, so it's a 2019 folk folk horror film written and directed by blah, blah, blah. It follows a group of friends who travel to Sweden for a festival that occurs every 90 years and find themselves in the clutches of a pagan cult. You don't want to watch that? A cult? No. That is our jam. <laughs> Listen, I like a cult from a distance. <laughs> like, what I want to do is I want you to watch it and then tell me about it, and that way I'll never have to see it. I do want to but say no, that so- just after reading the... Um, just after reading the the very first line of the plot, there is some triggering stuff in it. So read the plot before you watch it. But um, people said it's like uh, it's one of the best films of the last ten years. That's what they say. So I'm gonna watch it. And like it's an unsung. What was the not- one before it? That's what I want to locate in the last ten years. Tell me your other quantifying movie that's supposedly so great in the last ten years. So I don't know if I want to get into this. <laughs> just, All right, I'll, I'll I don't watch know it for if I want to get fucked in the mind. <laughs> okay, I'll watch it with my husband because him and I like like one of the movie things we connect on is thrillers. Like I don't I like when he's okay. not here, I watch romance and I watch girly stuff like girl stuff. Okay. And when he, you know, when he's home yeah. though, the only thing we like together is TMZ or thrillers. So mm-hmm. I'll have I've got, one. <laughs> I've got one for us to share. I mean. It, that's a that's a big extreme right there. You're swinging left and right on that. But okay, no, so, so okay, that, so it's the Witcher. Though, I seriously want to talk about this. Oh, Witcher, the Witcher. Okay, yeah. So I'm not a big fan of Henry Cavill. I'll just put that out there. I think he, in normal everyday fashion, I think he is very attractive and he has a nice body, and I can appreciate that aesthetic as a woman. Like, oh, he's a very handsome man. You'd watch him he fuck does a Disney princess doll. For my lady business. <laughs> exactly. Yes. He potentially is fucking princess dolls. We don't know. It could be him. We don't know. What if it was? Oh my God. Oh my God. Stop. No. So, like, he, you know, he, I think he's very nice and attractive. But he just normally does, isn't, you know, somebody I kind of like gush over. Yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyways, so I'm, so my husband's like, I hear this Witcher show is pretty good. Let's put it on. I'm like, okay. So we watched the first episode and I was like, oh, it's kind of confusing, but okay. And so we keep going and I'm like, this is actually really good. And by like the third or fourth episode, I'm like, so we're staying up till four in the morning. Like that, that's happening now. (laughs) So like I kept telling him, I'm like, I need the next episode. I need the next. He's like, it's 2 a.m. We have to go to bed. I'm like, just one more. 
<laughs> you know, like, come on. It's two or three. What does it matter? What What's the hour difference right now? I just need to know like, one thing. Like, I could not stop. Is he, does he have, like, sex in the show? Like, illicit sex? Yes. Okay, yes. I'm watching it. You don't it's have to not tell me like, else. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has, it's not, I don't think it's, like, gratuitous. Like, I don't think he would do that kind of thing. But he's, like, it's, you know, I'm not, like, I, I think if you were a woman that was attracted to him, you would be super hot watching this show. Because I'm watching this show, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I find like, him very I've, attractive. I find him extremely attractive. Um, but yeah. I, uh, so, have you watched the first, did you ever watch The Tudors? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. They're like the first. Ep- he he basically plays. I think the Duke of Suffolk. I have no. I can't believe I remembered that because I haven't watched the show in like eight or nine years. But it basically it's about King Henry yeah. VIII and all King Henry VIII's wives, right? The show, the Tudors, mm-hmm. and the Duke of Suffolk, played by Henry Cavill, is like his road dog, who like is his right hand man or whatever. And mm-hmm. the first episode is just like. Henry Cavill just like raw dogging this girl from behind like butt naked yes and he like he constantly is having like just nasty gratuitous sex throughout the show and it's incredible and so and I mean he was so young he's got the shaved head and this beautiful body and sorry I don't know if you can I don't know if you can watch the Tudors and not be attracted to I, that's my challenge to you yeah. is try and watch just even one episode of the Tudors <laughs> and try not and to not be attracted wanna... to him because he looks like he knows what he's doing that's the that's the yeah, hot yeah. part of it yeah and I think in real life he's well, like dating isn't he dating like somebody who's like 30 <laughs> no he's dating is he really who's like, she's like really young compared to him hold on let me see well I'll say in the Witcher like there there's sex scenes and stuff that's happening I'm like oh yeah like that's he's getting it like you know like I I think he's very attractive in the Witcher which makes me think like even it like even my mild like appreciation for him went up a notch so I can't imagine what someone who is truly attracted to him is feeling watching this show because I think he looks really really good and um Abby Knox was telling me she sent me a link that said he was so big and bulky in the Witcher that he kept bursting his costume they kept having to like re-sew it because he was so thick he kept like bursting through the material. If that was a porn, it was just and I was like, of just men bursting through their pants. I would watch it every there, day. <laughs> There's got to be something out there. Look it up. There's got to be something just on porn. Just a guy like that. a big guy with a little extra meat and a big uh-huh. just. What if he like? Dick. What if he was like squatting and like his thighs oh, ripped? Is that an? Is that like? A, oh, is that? A, that's that got to be, be somewhere. I just don't know guys <laughs> squatting in sweatpants or tight breeches. I don't know why I said breeches, like it's the 19th breeches? century. Breeches? I want like, I want like tight, like, like jeans or something. Like I want to be able to see like the seams and threads, you know, uh, like I want yeah. the threads to go. And then like in the crotch too, like where he's like really hard and heavy. It's like, like that, just that sort of famous like video. Remember that? Just stretch. Remember that video of uh, Le- Lenny Kravitz like sliding on his knees to the edge of the stage and his did his leather yes, pants his rip crotch and his bursting open. Giant yes. penis just comes flying out. Uh huh. <laughs> oh my his god! Big old dick just came big out. Old. It was yep. just like an anchor dropping. <laughs> 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 
so Henry Cavill, he started dating his girlfriend. <laughs> he started, Henry Cavill started dating his girlfriend when she was 19, but now she's mm. either 20, she's 23, but he's like 35 or 36. So mm. that's I all. I like that. Just put it out there. But so, and um, one thing I do want to say about The Witcher, if you watch it, that from the beginning, I wish I would have known, is that there are two stories that are happening and they are not happening at the same time there is there is like a space-time continuum thing where it's like one story is happening in real life and that's henry cavill's story i think i think his story is happening well part of no that's not even true there's two stories (laughs) that are happening henry cavill's in both of them but one story is happening much it's something much after the first one. So that's just something you should keep in mind is that the the two different stories are not happening at the same time. And I wish I would have known that because I thought they were parallel and it's like, oh, okay, he's doing this and then this happens later. And then you're like, all of a sudden I'm like four or five episodes in and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? This was like like 15 years ago and so like like, i wish i would have known that this is what's this is why i haven't watched it is because everybody's complaining Mm -hmm. about it being confusing timelines and i'm like i think what Uh they could have benefited from is just giving him a different hairstyle and the two different timelines boom problem yeah yeah put some put something at the bottom of the screen that says two years earlier Mm -hmm. i mean it's like why Mm -hmm. are you making us but i think they wanted but that's, I think they wanted that aha moment because oh. it does come, but it's not really a reveal because then you're like, well, then I was just confused. I think they did it the wrong way. I think they tried to reveal it like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But so like, but I think if you watch it from the beginning, knowing that whenever there's a cut scene, like, oh, that's probably a different time. I think if you just went in knowing that, even that small fact, I think it would make you enjoy the show so much more. But, God, it's it's such a good story, though. Like, I want it to keep going because I want to know what happens next. Like, you know, it's not because I'm, like, all up on Henry Cavill. Like, I mean, that part's great. Do not get me wrong. Like, him grunting and stuff the whole time is beautiful. But <laughs> it's a great story. Like, I want to know what happens next. So. All right, cool. I'm I've in. been really into it. that lately. Yeah. All right. So we are going to play the second half of Thick by Alexa Riley. And when we come back, we'll tell you what we have next week. Okay. So <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> and we'll catch you on the other side. We'll see you on the other Bye. side. <laughs> Bye. Chapter 7. Teeny. My whole body tingles as Bull helps me put away my groceries. I'm painfully aware of how wet I am between my legs as we move around in my small kitchen. I had no idea I could get that turned on, nor did I know that I could come so hard I could forget my own name. I cry and brush against him and touch him as much as I can without making it look like I'm doing it on purpose. He, on the other hand, looks to be giving me as much space as the kitchen will allow. I'm not sure why he's acting that way after what we did in my living room. I can tell by glancing down at his shorts, he's still turned on. But his focus is on food. Maybe if we eat, we can get back to making out and all the stuff we did before. I turn around to grab my step stool to put something away, but Bull grabs the items and does it without me asking for help. 
Things get done a lot faster with you around, I admit, and smile at him. He's so big he takes up most of the space in my kitchen. I don't know what it is about his size that dominates each room he's in, but it makes me want to crowd in close to him. I have to fight the urge to do it now that I see he's trying to give me space. He's probably used to people bumping into him, and maybe it's instinct for him to act that way. I want Bull to be comfortable around me, and I'm guessing being all over him isn't the way to do that. He did like us being all over each other a few minutes ago, though. My face heats thinking about it. I wish I had never called maintenance. I wonder how far Bull and I would have gotten if they hadn't shown up. I need to feed you, he reminds me. Yes, feed me. That was what I'd been wanting before the guy knocked on the door. I'm pretty sure he banged on the thing for a while, but I'd been so lost in Bull, the whole world could have exploded around us and I would have been none the wiser. I had no idea I could be so bold. I was sure I'd be shy about sex, but when I felt his hardness press into me, I was done for. He wanted me, so like everything in life, I went for it. Food, he adds with a smile. My face must be showing where my mind went, and I lick my still-swollen lips and wonder if they look well-kissed. Can I watch? I ask. I know he said he would teach me a few things in the kitchen, but right now, I only want to so I can see him move. Bull is more of a take-action kind of man, and the best way I can think of to get to know him is to watch him. I'm also starting to think he enjoys listening to me talk. The corners of his mouth pull up as I ramble on, letting me know I have his attention. Some people will space out when I talk too long, but not him. He's listening to every word. I can see it on his face that he pays attention to everything I'm doing. It could be because of the line of work he's in, but I'm going to tell myself it's because he wants me. Just as I can't help but watch and listen to everything he says. Told you. He takes a step towards me and cups my cheek. You can have anything you want. My heart flutters. Yeah. He's so paying attention because he wants to. Let me get my kitchen stool. I smile brightly up at him, and though I'm probably way too excited about watching someone cook, I don't care. I turn to go get it and run into one of the empty boxes I still needed to take out to the dumpster. There are so many of them lying around, and I've been letting them pile up because I still have a load to unpack. One of Bull's big arms wraps around my waist, as he pulls me back to his chest. Careful, sweets. He kisses the top of my head. I'll get the stool. Where is it? I forgot. I press into him, and his hard cock digs into my backside. He really is big everywhere. I'm not sure if the two of us can actually fit together, but I'm willing to try. Heck, doing what we did on the sofa is enough to keep me happy. I've never come like that before. The soft touches I've given myself in the past have nothing on what Bull's mouth down there could do. I want to feel his soft lips against me again, and more than anything, I want to go back to putting my mouth on him and explore that some more. 
forgot what. He breathes, and the two words are thick and heavy with desire. The hold he has around me tightens as I wiggle against him. I haven't put it together yet. I point to the box with the two stools in it. I bought them for the kitchen area, and I keep meaning to put them together. I'm not sure I'm the best person for the job, however. My place doesn't have a dining room like Bulls does, but has a breakfast bar instead. I've been eating on the daybed because I've been putting off assembling the stools. I once helped my parents put together our kitchen table and chairs, and the one I did broke. His body behind me shakes with laughter. I better do those then. I don't want you sitting on it and getting hurt. I smile, remembering when I sat on the chair and the thing crumbled under me. I think my mom and dad laughed for a good 20 minutes after they made sure I was okay. That would be sweet of you. He kisses me on the top of the head before walking over to the boxes. I didn't mean he had to do it right now. I gotta tell him that, but with one pull, he rips the box open. In a couple of minutes, he has the stools together. Here, he asks, gesturing towards the breakfast bar, and I nod. He puts them both over there, then he picks me up and places me on one of them. You okay? I nod again, in awe of this man. Are you sure? Because I've never seen you this quiet before. He smiles, and I can tell he's teasing me. I enjoy watching you, I admit. Seeing him move around my place is nice. I didn't realize living alone could be so lonely until I was doing it. Having Bull in my space feels good, and I don't want him to leave. I wonder how long I can keep him here. I think you're the first person I don't mind watching me. He leans down a little now that I'm in the high top chair, and he kisses me again. I want to keep kissing him, but he pulls away. I really do need to make you something to eat. He gives me one more quick kiss before he steps back and goes into the kitchen. You really been living off Chinese leftovers this whole time? I can tell from his tone he isn't happy about that, and it warms me that he cares. Yeah, sometimes I forget to eat. He places a pan on the stove as his eyes come to mine. You forget to eat? He repeats my words, clearly shocked. When I get lost in work, I shrug. It's not really a big deal. I'm not used to being alone. I think my mom and dad would always remind me it was time for breakfast or dinner. I've noticed living here that I'll glance over at the clock and hours have passed before I know it. After I ran into Bull and didn't see him, I'd asked for another project. I let myself get lost in it as much as possible, so I'd stop stalking my peephole. I'm not sure it helped. The mock-up stuffed animal design I turned in was of a giant teddy bear that had on a black shirt that was a touch too snug for it. The back of its shirt read, Security, and on the front, over the pocket of the shirt, was the name Bull. I thought it was the cutest, most badass teddy bear I'd ever seen, and I wasn't the only one who thought it either. Within minutes of turning in the design, the company I work for was losing their minds over it. Sounds like you need someone to keep an eye on you. His tone is teasing, but his eyes don't match. They look serious and possessive. 
Maybe so, I say, wanting him to be the someone who keeps an eye on me. Chapter 8 Bull It's late when I wake up and realize Teeny isn't with me. We fell asleep on the couch earlier, and I don't remember her getting up. After I made her some lunch, I helped her fix some things around her apartment and clear away boxes. I made about a dozen trips to the trash, but every time I took a load down, she would give me a kiss, so I kept finding reasons to go. We ended up working until dinner, and I asked her to come over to my place and let me cook for her. She only had a tiny TV and seemed excited to watch mine. And as much fun as I had on her couch earlier, mine is built for someone my size. I made more bread and pasta with a cream sauce. I kept filling up her plate until she lay back in her chair and rubbed her belly. Then I made her dessert and made her eat again. And by the time we sat on the couch to watch a movie, she couldn't keep her eyes open. We lay down on it with her in front of me facing the TV. I pulled a blanket around us and held her close. And within seconds, I could hear her soft snoring. At some point, I must have dozed off too because now it's the middle of the night and the only light in the room is from the TV. Bull? I hear her soft voice and I look up to see her walking towards me. She's wearing my shirt and it looks like a sheet draped over her. She must have picked it up off the floor when I took it off last night. I can't sleep with clothes on and I wanted to feel her against my chest. Her bare legs are pale in the light and look like fresh milk. Her fingers are bunching up the material in the front slightly as she walks over to me. What is it, Teeny? Are you okay? She bites her bottom lip as her dark hair pulls over one shoulder. Will you kiss it? She pulls the hem of my shirt up to reveal her pretty bare pussy. And all I can do is nod. I reach out and put my hand on the back of her thigh as I bring her closer to me. Come here, I say, lifting her leg and rolling onto my back. She holds onto my shirt as I grab her hips and settle her down on my mouth. Her pussy lips are soft and warm as I spread them with my tongue and rub against her clit. She's already wet and rocking her hips back and forth. I woke up and wanted you so bad, she whines when I slip a finger inside her. My hand wasn't enough. You don't need to do that anymore, I say, as I roll my tongue back and forth over her clit. I'm right here for you, sweets. I move my finger in and out, and when I think she's ready, I give her another one. My cock drips onto my belly as she wiggles on top of me, and I ache for release. I rub the sweet spot inside her, and she cries out and falls forward, gripping the edge of the sofa. I don't stop as I suck on her clit, and with just a few quick licks, she comes right on my face. I growl as her pussy coats my mouth and chin. My tongue is everywhere, trying not to miss a drop, and my cock is beyond painful. More, she cries, moving her pussy against my tongue, and I can't tell her no. My greedy girl, I say, as I flip her over and pull her ass to the edge of the sofa. I kneel in front of her. I bury my face quickly between her legs 
as I shove my boxers down and pull out my cock. I'm going to have to come before my cock breaks in half and I die a painful death. I can't get enough of your tongue, Teeny moans, spreading her legs wider. Sliding two fingers back inside her, I lube them up and then wrap my hand around my cock. I'm jerking it hard and fast, and there's cum already dripping from the tip. The sound of me eating her pussy and jacking my cock is filthy and wonderful. Bull? Her voice is barely above a whisper, but I hear it and look up into her eyes. Let me watch. She's so swollen and needy, but I have to take my mouth off of her pussy to let her see what I'm doing. So I sit back and rub her clit with my thumb, while my other hand jacks off for her. Oh, God, she gasps, her eyes fixed on my hand moving up and down my length. I use more of my cum to make my hand slick and slow down so she can enjoy it. I grit my teeth because having her eyes on me is making it impossible not to come. And seeing her pussy spread open like this makes me want to fuck it. Let me feel you here, she says, as if reading my mind. Her fingers come down and she parts her lips in invitation. And I'm only so strong. Fuck, I mutter, and place the tip of my cock between her lips. She uses her fingers to push them around the tip, so that I'm right up against her clit, and her soft folds are touching me. Cum leaks from me, and I can see it bead up and spill over. My heartbeat is in my cock, and it's throbbing with how full it is. More, she moans, rolling her hips, and my slick cock slips lower and into her pussy. I shake my head and clench my jaw, but don't pull away. I could get you pregnant. We'll be careful, she whispers, and the devil on my shoulder tells me she's right. I let the head of my cock go in just an inch, and her wet opening surrounds me. I pull back, but she doesn't let me get far before her hips are rocking down on my cock and pulling me back in. I groan as I surge forward, and a few more inches slip inside her. Bull, she shouts and I tense when I realize I've broken through her virginity. Fuck, I'm so sorry, sweets, I say as I lie on top of her and kiss her softly. I didn't mean to hurt you. It's okay, just give me a second. Don't go. Her legs wrap around me, and she's trying to keep me from pulling out. I knew I was too goddamn big for her, and I should have been easy. But desire got the better of me, and I couldn't stop myself. I keep kissing her and then suck on her nipples until I feel her pussy relax. My cock isn't even halfway inside her, and already she's full. I lean back and look down at where we're joined and slowly move in and out. I don't dare go any further, but just keep giving her the same few inches over and over. Reaching down between us, I wrap my hand around the rest of my cock that won't fit inside her and start rubbing. I squeeze it tight, but it's nothing compared to how tight her pussy is. With one hand, I jack off, and with the other, I keep rubbing her pussy. Can I feel you come? She asks, and her pussy squeezes me. I don't think that's safe, I say, as my hand speeds up. We're already being reckless. 
My mouth says one thing, but my body is speaking an entirely different language as my cock swells and cum begins to drip inside of her. Just this once, she whispers, looking up at me and biting her bottom lip. Her fingers join mine, and she helps me jack my cock until my balls are tight, and I'm forced to come. Fuck, I grunt when her pussy tightens, and I have no choice. As soon as the first squirt of cum enters her body, she cries out and arches her back off the couch. I can feel it, she moans, as she works her hips lower on my cock, and she comes with me. I have to grab the edge of the couch and plant my knees to keep from passing out on top of her as wave after wave of cum leaves my body. It's so fucking intense that I can hardly breathe. And just when I think she's gotten what she wants, she climbs up my body and hangs on to me. More, she says softly in my ear, and I close my eyes. Anything you want, I say, as my cock slips deeper inside her. Chapter 9 Teeny I sit up in the center of a huge bed, and my dark hair falls around me. I push it out of my face the best I can when I don't feel my hair tie on my wrist. A small shaft of light spills in from the cracked bathroom door, and I can see I'm surrounded by big, fluffy white pillows. If I didn't know better, I'd think I was on a cloud but the ache between my legs reminds me of what happened last night. I glance over to the window, and light peeks from the bottom of the curtains, letting me know it's the next day. How long have I slept? The last thing I remember was being on the sofa with Bull, but I don't know how I got from there into here. Obviously, Bull moved me, but I don't remember at what point he carried me in here. I flop back on the bed, and stare up at the ceiling. I bite my lip and smile, because last night was wonderful. Bull fed me until I could barely move. My mom is an amazing cook, but he has her beat. Not that I'd ever tell her that. When we cuddled up on the sofa, I fought to keep my eyes open, thinking if I fell asleep, he might say something like, it's time to go to bed. I didn't want to go to bed because I was enjoying being pressed into his warm body. All too soon, though, sleep won, and I passed out next to him. When I woke up in the middle of the night with him wrapped around me, it was the sweetest sensation I'd ever felt. Then need swirled inside of me, and I wanted to touch him everywhere. My whole body throbbed, and I tried to go into the bathroom and take care of it myself because I didn't want to wake him. He was sleeping so peacefully. When I touched myself, it wasn't like when Bull kissed me between my legs. I stripped off my clothes, put his shirt on, and planned to crawl back on the sofa with him. I wanted to try and slowly wake him up, but he did it on his own when he saw me coming back from the bathroom. Thinking about last night, has my nipples tightening. I'm still wet between my legs, and I want him again. Bull? I call out, but don't hear anything. Sitting up again, I crawl across the bed and slowly stand. My muscles are a little sore, and my sex throbs. I'm not sure if it's because of what we did, or the need I have to do it all over again. Bull? 
I call out again, but still don't hear him. I rub my eyes as I walk into his bathroom, and I pause when I see myself. I stare into the giant mirror and notice my lips are swollen and my boobs look bigger. There are a few small love bites on my breasts, and as I look myself over, I actually feel like a woman. Now I need to find my man. I don't see Bull taking off without good reason or without telling me. Maybe he had to run and get something? Since I asked him to kiss me, he has been practically pressed against me. It only intensified when I agreed with him that maybe I did need someone looking out for me. We said it in a teasing moment, but deep down, it felt real. I'd been excited to start a new life without my mom and dad hovering over me, but I don't know why I thought I had to do it by myself. I don't want to if I can have Bull. When he dotes on me and takes care of me, it feels different. I want to do the same to him. We're opposites that offset the other, but I know we're made for each other. We might look funny standing next to each other, but we work. I find one of his shirts and slip it on over my head. Then I walk through the apartment and check every room. Without him here, this place feels way too big, and I don't like it. I worry my lip between my teeth when I don't find him and wonder where he could have gone. I don't even have his phone number, and I don't even have my phone with me. I left it at my place and I pray my mom hasn't tried to call. I decide to pop next door and grab it really quick, but stop. It feels weird to leave his place and come back if he's not here. I should go home and wait for him to get back. For all I know, I freaked him out after I pushed him last night. I practically begged him to come inside of me. My thighs clenched together, and I can still feel his release between my legs. How many times had he come inside me? At one point, I wasn't sure if he ever stopped coming. I still don't know if he ever got his cock all the way inside of me. I wasn't sure if we could fit together at all, but after last night, I know it's perfect. I might not have taken him all the way inside of me last night, but we'll get there eventually. But even if we don't, it's enough for me. What if it isn't enough for him? The single thought steals the air from my lungs. That can't be right. I push that thought from my head, unwilling to believe it. I know he enjoyed last night as much as I did. I glance around the room, seeing my things here and there, and I grab my shorts and pull them back on, but they are pointless with how big Bull's shirt is on me. I look around for my panties, but don't see them anywhere. Oh! I'm so excited when I find a note sitting on the table with my name on it. Teeny, had to run out and do something. Stay put, I'll be back soon. P.S., don't forget to eat. Sitting next to the note is a giant chocolate muffin. I pick it up and take a bite out of it and moan at the taste. He's so freaking sweet. I wonder where he had to run off to. I polish off the muffin that makes me thirsty, and when I turn to get a glass, I see a white step stool up against one of the cabinets. I smile so big it almost hurts my face. He got me a step stool so I could reach stuff. When did he do that? I use it to get a glass, 
then pour myself some milk. When I glance at the clock on the stove, I know I need to go grab my phone really quick. I can get it, and maybe my laptop. If I have both of those things, I won't have a reason to leave again, unless he hints for me to. But I really don't think he will. Bull seems to enjoy having me around as much as I enjoy being around him. I open the front door and freeze when I see a woman standing there. She's in a very polished suit, and her blonde hair is pulled into a high, tight ponytail. She leans back, looking at the number of the apartment on the door, then back at me. This is where Bull Davis lives, right? She raises a perfect eyebrow at me. Yeah, I shift on my feet, remembering what I've got on right now as she looks me up and down. How old are you? She asks, narrowing her eyes. It's like she's a teacher, and I've been caught in the hallway without a pass. Is there something I can help you with? Bull's not here right now. You're the girl that was with Bull at the grocery store when he assaulted that man. She smiles and is weirdly happy about recognizing me. I'd forgotten about that, but Bull didn't assault anyone. That guy had it coming. All the hairs on my body stand up, and I'm suspicious of why she's asking. I don't know what you're talking about. I step out into the hall, and the door closes behind me. Crap. I reach for the handle a second before it closes, but it's too late. It's locked. I have my small purse in my hand, and I start digging through it for my own keys. Yesterday at Corner Mart, you were with millionaire Bull Davis. I stop what I'm doing and look up at her. Did she refer to Bull as a millionaire? I brush it off and go back to looking for my keys while she keeps on talking. I'm not paying her any attention at this point because I'm mad I locked myself out of Bull's place. Now I'll have to stalk my people all day. Got it, I yip when my fingers wrap around the key to my place. I don't hesitate as I put it in the lock and open my door. I go inside and quickly close it right in the woman's face before locking it again. She bangs on the door and yells all kinds of crazy things. My stomach turns to knots. What the heck is going on? I swear every time something wonderful happens in my life, there's always an accident that quickly follows. All I know right now is I need bull more than anything. Chapter 10 Bull My phone rings, and I glance down at the screen to see it's the maintenance man Jerry calling me. He usually only calls to schedule something, but Teeny is back in my apartment, so I worry it's an emergency. Hello, I say as I step away from the salesperson. There's a problem outside your apartment, he says without preamble. Where's Teeny? I grip the phone tighter as panic rises inside me. She's in her apartment as far as I can tell, but you need to get here and handle this other woman. She says she's here to see you, but she's on your floor causing a disturbance, and if she doesn't stop soon, I'm calling the cops. I'll be right there. Before I can hang up, he's still griping and complaining. There was never a problem in this building before that girl moved in across the hall from you. Watch yourself, I bark into the phone and I can hear shouting on the other end of the line. If she keeps bringing drama around here, she won't be living here much longer, I hear Jerry shout. And if he's close to Teeny's door, 
I'm sure she hears it too. Fuck. I hang up the phone and go back to the counter. Are we done here? I ask the sales clerk, who nods quickly at me. Yes, Mr. Davis. All the paperwork is being emailed to you, she says as she hands me my credit card. Good, I say, and then mutter a thank you as I grab my stuff and rush out of the door. I didn't think I would be gone that long, but I wanted it all to be perfect. Thankfully, I'm not far from my place as I run as fast as my big body will let me. By the time I get back, only minutes have passed, and I can still hear shouting in the stairwell as I rush up to our floor. When I push open the door, I see a woman and Jerry bickering in the hallway, loud enough for people below us to hear. What the hell is going on? I shout, trying to catch my breath. They both talk over each other, and it gets louder again. But behind them, I see Teenie's door open just an inch to peek out. I want to rush to her and tell her it's all okay, but I want to get these people out of here first. Shut up, I yell, and they both stop talking. You, I say, and point to the woman. Talk. I'm Regina Clark, and I've been hired by Gregory Point to represent him in a lawsuit. Who? I say, my eyebrows pulling together. The man you assaulted outside Corner Mart. He's hired me as his attorney, and he's seeking damages. She looks to Jerry beside her and makes an annoying face. Unless we can speak privately and work out an arrangement. I don't know what kind of drama you've got going on, Bull, but the second that little girl showed up, I've got lawyers in my building. He scowls at Regina and then at me. I won't put up with this. Jerry, go call the cops, I say, and his eyes widen in surprise. Right now? He asks, and now I can see his blustering was all for show. Yes, I want her removed from the building too. He nods and starts to step away, but I snatch him by the upper arm and lean in close so only he can hear me. Then I want you to pull my paperwork along with Teenie's, because we're out of here. You, you can't just do that, he says as his face reddens. Watch me. I smile at him before I release his arm, and he gives me one last look before he stomps off. Call the cops if you want, but I have every right to be here, Regina says, crossing her arms. Mrs. Clark, I say as I reach in my wallet and pull out a card. Anything you have to say can be directed to my attorney, and if you don't get the fuck off my floor, I'll remove you myself. She jerks the card out of my hand and scowls at me, just like Jerry did. Apparently, I'm fucking up both their days. You'll be hearing from me very soon, she threatens as she walks past me and onto the elevator. I don't have a care in the world about her or if her shithead client wants to sue me. I've been threatened thousands of times because of my job and my bank account. When you work in security, people get their feelings hurt when they get busted doing something they weren't supposed to. And when those people find out you've got a little money, it's worse. There are video cameras mounted outside the corner mart and cameras outside our building, which would pick up most of our journey there and back. It would show the truth, and I'll let my lawyer handle it. But if they've caused Teeny any harm or emotional stress, I'll rake them across the coals. When I hear the elevator door close and I know I'm alone, I go to her door. Before I can reach it, Teeny flings it open and is rushing out to jump in my arms. Bull! What's going to happen? Why were they here? What did that woman say? 
They can't take you to jail, can they? She peppers me with questions as she kisses my face, and my hands go to her ass. It's okay, sweets. Calm down, I soothe as I squeeze her and rub her against my cock. It calms me down just as much as her, and after a few quick rubs, she's purring in my arms. I got so scared, she says, as her lips find mine. I taste her tongue, and I growl as I back her up into her apartment. I kick the door closed behind us before I push her against it and reach between us. I'm fucking dying for her again already, and I hope she's not too sore. When my cock is free, I tug her little shorts to the side and sink into her juicy heat. She's soaked for it, and I groan as I thrust in and out a few inches, careful not to give her too much. Fuck, I needed this, I say, holding her against the door and jacking my cock inside of her. Hold still, sweets, I say when she starts to wiggle farther down on me. I'm just going to get off real quick. I move faster and faster as I use her pussy to slick my cock and get off. It only takes a few seconds before my hot cum is swelling in my balls and shooting up into her. Shit, that's it, I grunt when I feel my cum cream the inside of her little pussy, and I have to catch my breath. I close my eyes and bury my face in her neck, slowing down. Her pussy is still wiggling on me, and I reach up to pet her clit. It's hard, and she's whining like she's just as needy as me. Shh, I'll take care of you. I slowly lower her feet to the ground, and then kneel in front of her. My cum is already starting to drip out of her pussy, but I don't care. I use my thumbs to spread her lips, and I lean forward to lick it. My girl loves to have her pussy eaten more than anything in the world. I know she likes having my cock in her, but she always wants my mouth, even after she's had my cock. I'm all too eager to give it to her, and then some. My tongue goes in circles around her clit as I use my fingers to shove my cum back inside her. I don't want to waste it, and I like knowing it's dripping out of her throughout the day. It doesn't take long, with my mouth giving her exactly what she wants, before she's pushing her pussy against my mouth and clawing at my back. She screams out her climax, and I lick her slowly as she relaxes against me and into my arms. I scoop her up and carry her over to the couch and strip off her shorts. I lie back and then pull her on top of me as I slide my cock between her puffy lips and ease in a few inches just so we're connected. I don't need to get off right this second so fast again, but I want to be ready if she gets needy. Tell me what happened, I say, as I brush the hair away from her face and kiss her pouty lips. I couldn't find you. Then I forgot my phone. Her eyelids are heavy as I thrust into her gently. That woman showed up, and then I got locked out of your place. I kiss her again as I tear my shirt off of her. I can't remember what else. She moans when I hold myself deep and flex my cock. It's all taken care of now, and I'm not letting you out of my sight again. I smile at her as she leans back to look down at me. How do you plan on doing that, bull? Are you going to tie a rope to me? The look she's giving me says she's not opposed to it. I reach into my pocket and pull out the small box that contains the ring I just bought. When she sees it, she gasps 
and I open it. Inside is a pear-shaped diamond that's enough carrots that no one will ever miss it. Bull. Listen, I know this might seem sudden, but I've never felt- Yes, she shouts, interrupting me. I smile as I slide the ring on her finger and then look into her eyes. I've never felt this way about anyone. And if you're not ready to say it, it's okay. But I love you, Teeny. I love you so damn much. And maybe in time, you can grow to feel the same. Are you kidding me? She says, her eyes filling with tears. I love you too, Bull. I knew it from the moment I saw you. She wraps her arms around me, and I roll us over so I'm on top of her. This daybed she has in the living room isn't big enough, but I don't plan on being on it for much longer. Part of why I was gone so long today was I went by a realtor's office and got a stack of listings for Teeny to choose from. I don't care where I live, as long as she's there with me. You're mine, I say, easing my cock out of her and moving down her body. All mine. Yes, Bull, I'm yours. She spreads her legs wide and lets them fall open as I run my tongue between her folds. I love you so much. I love you, I say, licking her clit and sucking on her lips. I work my two fingers inside of her, and her hips rise to meet my mouth. Her sweet pussy rubs against me as I lick her until she comes. I keep my eyes on the diamond the whole time, knowing she's mine until the end of time. I never thought that having someone move in across the hall would create a tornado that gave me something I never thought possible. A wife, and maybe one day, a family. I didn't think love was a possibility, because I'd locked myself away. But here she is, changing all of my carefully laid plans. When she reaches for me, I move up her body and slide my thick cock between her tender folds. She wraps her hand around my cock and helps me find my release inside of her. But that's only the start of our forever. Epilogue Teeny One year later Sweets, maybe you should sit down. Bull says from behind me, as I throw another dress over my head, trying to find something that fits. I've been in this closet for 20 minutes now, and I swear there is nothing to wear. I can't sit down. I have to get ready. I turn to look at him. He's holding our puppy, Mac. Bull got me him for Christmas. The dog thinks he's a lap dog, but in the short time we've had him, it's easy to tell that dog will outweigh me soon enough. I'm pretty sure that was the point. Bull wanted a guard dog for the house. He's been training the puppy since we got the cute thing. He uses the dog to find me sometimes. He'll take Mac to find me, and that pup does within seconds. I even tried hiding a few times, and he still found me. He wouldn't need a dog to find me if this house wasn't so big. I'm not complaining, though, because we've got plans to fill it up. We've already started. My hand goes to my round baby bump that has our little girl in it. I was sure it was going to be a boy with how quick my baby bump popped out. I was certain he'd be bull's size for sure. Bull called it from the start. I'd asked if there was two in there, which only made everyone laugh. I'm standing in only a pair of panties 
trying to find something to wear before my parents get here. Bull is finally going to meet them face to face. Everything before now has been over the phone with calls or FaceTime. I had no idea the next time I'd be seeing my parents in person, I would be married with a little baby bun in the oven. But here I am. Mom always did say, when I do something, I really commit to it. I guess starting a new life is no different. Bull smiles at me as he puts down the puppy that I can never hold as easily as he can. At least, not recently. Our puppy, Mac, is growing faster than my baby bump. What's wrong with this one? He picks up a soft peach dress I tossed to the floor moments ago. I know I need to go shopping for clothes, but every time I go, we end up in the baby section, and by the time we get home, I've forgotten all about clothes for me, but have bags full of baby clothes. He walks over towards me, pulling the dress down over my head for me. I need a bra, I tell him as the dress falls into place. Lies. He pretends to be appalled at the idea of me putting one on. Or maybe he's not pretending. My boobs have grown with my baby bump. Bull is enjoying them. Though Bull enjoys everything about me, because he's the sweetest man in the whole world. He probably sees my expanding body as more of me to love, and he's all for that. I do a twirl. I don't remember the dress being this cute on me before. Maybe not that one. It swiftly swished over my head. Hey! It falls back to the ground, where Mac goes over to lie on top of it, taking Bull's side. Traitor, I mouth to the dog. Bull grunts in approval as he picks me up. My hands go to his shoulders as he carries me over to the bed and lays me down. What are you doing? I ask, even though I know. He pulls my panties to the side, and his mouth finds my center. Calming you down, he says against me, before taking another long lick of me. Bull swears this is the only way to get me to calm down. I'm not going to argue with him on it, because I'm pretty sure he's right. His broad shoulders spread my thighs wide as he devours me, licking and sucking until I'm coming undone for him, crying out his name. I lie in the center of the bed and don't want to do anything but bask in the aftermath of Bull's love. My eyes fall closed, and my mouth forms a happy smile. All my jitters about Bull meeting my parents disappear. They'll love him. How could they not? I don't know why I had the jitters to begin with. Both my parents already love him. My mom thinks he's perfect for me. I think she relaxed more and enjoyed their year-long cruise when she knew I had someone watching out for me. My eyes flutter open as Bull pulls me up to a sitting position on the side of the bed. This time it's a pink cotton dress he slides over my head. This one won't show your panties when you twirl, he informs me. Oops, I shrug. I hadn't noticed the other had done that. I only noticed that I filled out the dress better than the last time I'd put it on. Guess I fill it out a little too well now. I watch as he picks up the clothes I tossed on the floor and ducks into the closet. Returning a few moments later with a pair of my favorite flats, which he slides onto my feet. What about you? 
I reach out to rub his heart on and lick my lips. He calmed me down, but now his cock is all worked up. Though nine times out of ten, when I brush against him, it's hard. The one time out of ten it's not is when we've just gone at it like bunnies. We really don't have time now, sweets. He helps me from the bed before taking my hand in his and leading me downstairs into the kitchen, with Mac trailing right behind us. Want help? I ask, when he puts me in the high top chair I sit at every morning when he makes breakfast. We've already had breakfast, though. I glance at the clock and see my parents should be here any time now. It's already late into the afternoon. They've landed by now, unless they got lost trying to find our place. I don't know why they wouldn't let us pick them up from the airport. They said something about renting a car. I've got it. He smiles and shakes his head at me. If I help, I'll probably end up breaking or spilling something, so I don't push on helping. I swing my legs back and forth and spot my phone beside me. I check it, but there are no missed calls or texts. I talked to your mom before I came and found you destroying the closet, Bull says, pulling a plate of prepared finger foods out of the fridge and setting it on the counter in front of me. I drop the phone down and go for the food. And, I ask, shoving a tiny sandwich in my mouth. Since getting knocked up, I no longer get lost in working and forget to eat. Not that Bull would ever let that happen. This baby can eat. They are probably pulling up now. I look up at Bull. We are vastly different physically, but we're perfect together. I love you, I tell him. I just love saying the words to him. I love you too, sweets. He leans down and gives me a kiss. I melt into him, wrapping my arms around him. He shifts, pulling me from my seat and putting me on my feet at the same time the doorbell rings. Suddenly, he looks a touch nervous. He doesn't get bothered about people looking at him anymore. In fact, now he jokes he was made so big to keep other men from looking at me. I roll my eyes whenever he teases about it. His jealousy is adorable to me. It's not so adorable to the guys he mean mugs for looking at me, though. That look only makes me giggle, while others turn and run the other way. I don't think they're checking me out, but he says I don't notice. They are going to love you. They already do, I remind him. I poke him in the belly. He grunts as if it actually did something, making me laugh. All I care about is you being happy, sweets. He wants them to like him, so I'll be happy. They do like him. I know this. Either of us being worked up about this is silly. In fact, I think we're just excited, to be honest. My mom and dad don't know I'm pregnant, and they're in for a happy surprise. They didn't get to see us get married and celebrate with us, but we're making sure they're here for all of this. Mom has already been asking when we'll start trying. I only laugh at the question, because we've never not tried. Then you have nothing to worry about. If I got any happier, I'd burst into glitter. You do love to make a mess. He teases me with a chuckle. Kiss me, then answer the door. Like every time I tell him to kiss me, he does. 
He has since the first time I'd ever asked for one. My first kiss. He'll be my last, too. Epilogue. Bull. Five years later. I smile at my phone when I see the picture Teenie's mom texted me moments ago. In it, our baby girl, who's not a baby so much anymore, is smiling big. She sits in the middle of a pile of stuffed animals overflowing her bed. All of them are ones her mama designed over the years. The one inspired by our little girl is in her hands. Adeline holds the stuffed animal up, showing it off in the picture. It's the reason we're here. I put my arm around my wife's chair, leaning over to show her the picture her mom sent. She's babysitting our little girl and two boys while we have a date night. It isn't any regular date night, though. No, tonight, my beautiful little wife is receiving an award for the work she did for the Love Toy Company. Neither of us knew when she was crafting the stuffed doll that looked like Adeline how big it would be. It initiated a whole new line for the company, from books to snacks, even an app. It was wild seeing all the designs my wife made come to life. It wasn't shocking, though. Everything teeny touches comes to life. I learned that myself. For someone so small, she's full of life. Adeline is the same way. She's like her mama in every way. I don't know how the world got so lucky to get two of them, but I know I'm here to make sure they're taken care of. They call my wife's name, drawing my attention away from her and back up to the stage at the front of the room. She stands, leaning down to kiss me, before heading up to accept her award. It's well-deserved. She took the small company and made the thing global. Everyone knows who they are because of the Adeline Stuffy. They kiss her ass. In fact, the new acting CEO pays way too much attention to my wife's ass for my liking. I glance over at him. The man has balls. I'll give him that. I lean forward. My chair groans a little because of my size. Good. I want it to, so it will draw his attention. The man's eyes flick from where my wife is walking up the small flight of stairs to the podium. I give him a hard look. He pales for a moment and quickly looks away, suddenly interested in his salad. It's dry and needs more dressing, but the man pretends it's the best thing in the world now, because where the fuck else is he going to look? My wife starts speaking, so I pull my attention from the asshole at the table. He's lucky my wife works from home. If she had to go to an office with him every day, we'd have problems. Hell, we still might have problems. My heart squeezes, and I forget about fuckface when my wife starts telling the story of us. How Adeline was inspired by Bull, the stuffed animal she'd crafted after me, the one that was Adeline's best friend. Without Bull, there would have been no Adeline, and Adeline needed Bull. He kept her safe and made sure she stayed out of trouble, all while letting her see the world and be who she was. By the time she's done speaking, I'm already up out of my chair and moving towards her. She smiles, stepping away from the podium. I grab her by the hips, pulling her to me. My bull, she laughs. Everyone else laughs too, and cheers as I kiss my wife. She wraps her arms around me. Love you.
she says against my mouth. Love you too, sweets. I put her down and take her hand to lead her back towards our table, where our main course is being served. I can tell already I'm going to be making my wife a second dinner when we get home. She's eating for two. We plan on having one last baby. I'd been worried with our first pregnancy about her size. I was worried the babies would be too big for her little body. But she'd done it. Easily. Even when she was pregnant, she could buzz around the house talking and doing stuff at a million miles an hour. What did you do? Teeny leans into me. What? I ask, putting butter on the warm roll and placing it on the plate in front of her. Jim won't look at me. I glance over to Fuckface, fighting a smirk. I've learned to embrace my size. It really does work wonders. I don't have to say shit or do anything to keep people like him from looking places they shouldn't. Good. I look down at my wife. I really can't blame the man. She's wearing this strapless purple dress that hugs her tits. The skirt is tulle and makes her look like a little ballerina. She has too much skin on display, but she still looks as innocent as always. That innocence is what I've pledged to protect for the rest of my life. I get to have her every night. I watched her put the dress on and will be taking her out of it tonight. I'm hard up like I've never had a taste of her. Hell, I've feasted on her every day and I never get full. I really can't blame the guy, but I'll make his face meet the table if he does it again. I lean in and kiss her mouth. She deepens the kiss and digs her fingers into my suit. When I pull away, she's breathless her lips pouty and pink. This dinner looks terrible, she says against my mouth. I'll feed you when we get home. I'm going to do more than feed her when we got home, but she knows that. We are in a hotel, she glances around. We are. The event is being held in a banquet room here. The place is nice, but the food sucks. She bites her lip for a second. Let's get a room and order Chinese food. My mind flashes to that first night when she was standing outside my door holding a big bag of Chinese food. All the things I wanted to do to her. I thought I couldn't have her. I don't want to even think about what would have happened if she hadn't come to talk to me. My already hard cock starts to ache at the brilliant idea. I'm happy she wants to get out of here too. Teeny's mom doesn't expect us to be home for hours. My wife will be all mine. You could show me all the dirty things you wanted to do to me that first night I knocked on your door. Except, now you can, because you know I can handle it. I'm out of my chair. Yeah, I know my wife can handle it. I'm a thick man, but her little body was made for me. She laughs as we make a quick exit. I can't help but wink at fuckface when I pull my wife from the room. She's mine. We might not look like we fit together, but we do. We're a perfect match. I make quick work of getting us a room. I'll order, I say, as I push open the door to the room. My little wife climbs me like a tree. Later. We have all night. She kisses me, and I drop my phone not giving a shit about it. The door closes behind us.
I press her to the wall, not wasting any time as I reach under her dress and pull her panties from her body with a tug. In one quick motion, I get myself free and thrust deep inside her. Perfect, she moans. It is perfect. A perfect fit. We're back. This has been Thick. How was that? By Alexa Riley. Was that satisfying? (laughs) Read for you by Lauren Sweet and Matthew Maddox. I just want to reiterate that this chick makes stuffed animals for a living. Okay? If you can't get more ridiculous than that, like, I challenge you right now to get more ridiculous than that. (laughs) It's on. Make sure you head to What do we got next week? Tessa Bailey. Tessa Bailey and me uh, is next week, and I wrote a short story. It's a threesome. It's a men- menage book called Double Booked, and it's about a girl who um, she accidentally books two dates at the same time at the same place on the same night, and she shows up. She's got a date with the cop, and there's also a biker there, two very different men, like a straight-laced cop and like a dirty, just like kind of intense biker. Mm-hmm. And they are immediately like wanting to fuck her like the second she walks in. So they're like, you don't have to choose. We'll both go home with you. Even though they're very kind of like antagonistic oh, yes. and possessive. There's like um, mm-hmm. some tension between the men, but they both want you so bad that they're willing to put it aside. And um, it's written in like, I think it's like second person. It's, it's basically you do this mm-hmm. and you do that instead of I or she. So it's kind of interesting oh, okay. and I'm interested to see if you guys like it, but it'll be fun. So make sure you come by next week. And I'll go, hate it. <laughs> go to readmeromance.com and enter the giveaway that Alexa, give, giveaway Alexa Riley is doing and make sure you're in Read Me Romance headquarters so you can benefit from all the giveaways I'm sure they're going to be doing throughout mm-hmm. the week. So, okay. Leah, tell them what to do. And if you don't, hold on, if you don't know, if you've not signed up for our newsletter already for Read Me Romance, go to readmeromance.com, sign up for the newsletter, make sure you get on that because that's going to have all our latest news info. It's going to have new releases every week. That's going to be on there with all of the authors from previous five seasons. It's going to have all the books that they have that are new, that are coming out in the day they release. And it's also going to have other authors that we love that haven't been on the podcast yet. They're going to be in our new releases too. And also on um, our email, we're going to tell you what book's coming next week, when we have new releases, when our books come back up, like everything so the second you want to know something that's going to come from a newsletter so make sure if you're not already you know you can subscribe to social media but sometimes email is just easier so there you go all right tell them what to do fuck your day up make say your bitch don't be a dick Bye. bye read me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read